pray. Father, as we uh, uh, continue here the study and, and look at, uh, Lord, look at a group of people coming back into a situation that is exciting and at the same time scary and, and uh, intense. Lord, I pray that uh, for us, that as we read this, Lord, it would, it would just encourage us in our walk with you. And, and Lord, encourage us. I think some of us maybe even just need to step out and do some things, maybe even something as simple as helping out with VPS or, or helping out with ushering, Lord. So I pray that, God, your word tonight would penetrate into our hearts, Lord, and it would give us the confidence to trust you and, and the confidence to know that you're in charge no matter, no matter what obstacles we come up against, no matter, no matter how many people maybe even come against us, but Lord, that we would, we would be men and women who are determined to serve our God and determined to glorify our God. So I pray you would bless this time, uh, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you remember, we've been looking now. Now the, the nation is gathered back. And last time we were looking, they're getting ready to lay the foundation. And they're making all of this ruckus. And they're so excited. And tonight we're going to find out that ruckus maybe didn't pay off uh, really well. But I want us to think about, you know, as we, as we serve the Lord and as we go forward, I know in my own personal life and in the ministry here, what the, you know, sometimes we make a decision and, and when great things begin to happen and we watch the Lord do great things, great opposition comes and comes against you and you, you gotta be determined to fight that because it's easy to give up when that opposition hits. It's easy to say, you know what? I don't wanna face that. I don't wanna go through that. And, uh, and again, great opportunity Great opposition, and, and tonight that's what we're sort of seeing with Israel is they, they're coming together and they have this great opportunity, right? I mean, I can't imagine how excited they were. You know, I know for us, like, you know, when, when we broke ground on that building, how exciting that was, and, you know, the church, we were out on Hereford Road, and we all came in and kind of looked at that property, and then when we broke ground on this, and, and God began to put things, man, you get so exciting, and, and, you know, a lot of people didn't know, though, in the midst of of that you know all of that excitement great opposition would come and and you know I think especially those of us in leadership we would hit things and and it would get scary and you know there's times where you just want to you just want to duck and run and say I quit man this is not fun anymore and again these guys man listen man they're going forward and now they're going to hit probably you know I think what's coming against them they probably never even imagined it was going to happen because here's what we think. I'm in God's will, therefore God has to protect me because he promised he will see it through to completion, right? Whatever he starts, he's gonna see through. Now what he doesn't tell us in that verse is some of us are gonna go through a meat grinder to get to the other side. He doesn't, you know, we don't, we don't get all that information. I remember when I, when I broke my leg really bad bike riding and the doctor came in and he told me some of the stuff he was gonna do and gave me some options and then told me, you know, he could put this rod in and stuff and I go, okay, that sounds like the best. What he failed to tell me was how he was going to get the rod in. And, uh, you know, they got to dislocate your knee and et cetera. Well, he didn't give me any of that information and that my knee would be killing me. Even today, there are times where my knee, my, where I broke my legs, fine. It's just the knee that he messed up. So listen, man, you don't see things and God doesn't give us everything. And I, for one, am glad 
that God doesn't give us the big picture. Because if he gave us a whole picture, I think a lot of us would back out. Now, I know a lot of people say, you know what, I would really do what the Lord wants if he'd give me the whole video and I would know everything that's gonna happen and yada, yada, yada. And no, we wouldn't because there's things in there that none of us wanna go through. So listen, man, they're at that place. And again, opportunity and opposition go together. And uh, hey, but here's what we need to know. No work of God will ever be stopped, period. Listen to what Tozier, it says, God being who he is, Tozier says, cannot cease to be what he is. And being what he is, he cannot uh, act out of character with, with himself. And he is at once faithful and immutable. So all of his words and acts must also remain faithful and immutable. And we, we need to understand that. So, hey, again, going through it, it may not look that way. But it's going to get there. And so I'm looking at these guys. And again, all of the excitement they came and all of that we saw last week. You know, and a couple weeks ago we saw the numbering. That, that wasn't so much fun. But man, they're laying it. And man, it's like, yes, yes, it's going to happen. And now, now comes major opposition. And from those closest to him, look at, look at verse 1 of chapter 4. It says, now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin. Now here's what I find interesting. The adversaries, these are adversaries are enemies, right? They're the ones who are not on your side. And again, sort of fascinating, not the ones who, listen, it's not the ones who are on their side. It's the ones who are sort of against them. But in my mind, I'm thinking they really don't know they're against them yet. Right? So, hey, the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the descendants of the captivity were building the temple of the Lord God of Israel. So, hey, these guys are getting ready, and I'm sure they heard the ruckus, you know, back in, in, in uh, chapter 3 and especially 12 and 13. Everything that's going on, and these guys weren't far away. We're going to find out. These are the Samaritans, so they're not far away. They're right there. They're, they're, you know, where the northern ten tribes used to be and all of that. If you know the history, remember they were taken into captivity early on in the 700s and, and taken away. And then, and then the Assyrians came in and, and you had some Assyrians marrying with Jews and etc. And you come up with this whole group called the Samaritans of our day. So that's who's there. They're there now and they kind of have a, an assimilation of of worshiping God, the one true God. They sort of took that in, but they also just combined him also with all of their other worship. And they kind of, you know, it's what I call, you know, what I call the, the, the blenderizing of everything. Like they took a little bit of this deity and a little bit of that deity and a little bit of this, put it in a blender, and they pour it out and they have what they, now they have what they sort of like. And you know what? People are still doing that today. And it's getting sad in Christianity. There's, there's more and more blenders going on. And I'm thinking, man, somebody's got to stop the blenders. You know, we got to stop doing that. So these guys, listen, the adversaries, they come, they heard that they were building the temple of the Lord God of Israel, and they came to Zerubbabel and, and the uh, heads of the family's houses and said to them, let us build with you, for we seek your God as we do, and we have sacrificed to him since the days of Esar Haddon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. So here's what they're saying. Hey, we're following that same God. And here's what's disturbing. They didn't know they weren't following the God of Israel. They thought they were. Why? Because somebody told them. Here's what happened. 
Some of the Jews stayed there. Some came in from Assyria. They married them. Hey, the Jews that were there were following God. They told them about it. But this is generations later. And they, they told them and they go, yeah, we're following God. And then they put a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And they slowly drifted away where they're really not following God, but they think they are. And they think they're okay. And so now here's what they're telling. They're telling the Jews who came back out of captivity, hey, we're worshiping the same God. So why can't we all just get along and sing kumbaya, right? Let's all get together. Let's all be happy. And let us help you build the temple. That's not going to happen. You see, I believe in every generation, there has to be those who are going to stand firm. And it, we're not talking about legalism and we're not talking about doing that. We're talking about standing up for the Lord God and taking a stand. And these guys are saying, we want to help you. And it sounds good, doesn't it? Saints, we have to be worried when the world wants to help us build our church. And I'm not talking about physically building it. I'm talking about building it. When the world comes in and wants to do things, I remember one time a guy, when we, when we first, after we'd moved into town a little bit, and, and you know, I don't know how many of you were with us at the time next door when things started exploding in a way, and we had people parking everywhere, and it was going kind of crazy, and, you know, police officers, we were even, at that time, the paper had a section out of your mind, I mean, on your mind, I'm sorry, I called it out of your mind. And they had that section and, and we even made that a couple times because we were crazy people and people were parking everywhere. And I remember a guy from the world came and, and uh, you know, he used particular language, but he was wanting to know what on earth was happening in that building that all these people were coming. So he came and visited us and he goes, hey, I can help you be successful. And I thought, okay. I always like it when people want to help out and get on the boat when the boat's going really well, right? And he goes, I can help you be successful. And I go, what's up? You know, and I'm not going to say his name. Some of you might know him. I go, what, what do you think we should do? And here's what he said. You need to, he goes, number one, you guys do not know how to collect money. He goes, you just stick boxes around and expect people to put money in it. And I said, well, yeah, that's kind of what we do. And he goes, I'm going to help you out. And he goes, you need to sell ads in your bulletin. And if you sell advertising on the sides of your bulletin, you can get so much more money. Be careful when the world wants to help you. And here's what's going on. And hey, so many churches, listen, so many churches buy into that. Let us help you. We have ideas. We have marketing schemes. We have ways that you can do things. Right now, I'm getting a ton of emails on how to make your nonprofit better. And I don't know how I got on this list, but I'm getting it from people and it's like, wow, and how to really, how to really, you know, raise up your income of your nonprofit. And I'm thinking, isn't nonprofit, isn't that the whole word, nonprofit? And, you know, it's just weird to me that, you know, we can really help you increase your revenue and increase your revenue stream and all of that. That's what these guys are saying, right? It's the same thing, only centuries earlier, right? Let us help you. Here we are. And they're holding out their hand. And again, these are the Samaritans. These are the guys, hey, we're worshiping. We know about your God. We sacrificed to your God. Really? Do you really sacrifice to our God? Now, you know, praise the Lord, Zerubbabel and Jeshua. Well, look at verse three. But Zerubbabel and Jeshua 
or Joshua or Yeshua and the rest of the heads of the father of their father's houses of Israel said to them you may do nothing with us to build the house of our God now is that amazing somebody's coming along and they're going hey let us give you a hand and they're going uh uh-uh, uh no 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 we don't need your help because you're not worshiping the one true God you think you're worshiping the one true God but you're really not And so, no, we don't want your help. Now, that to me, and for some people, that might sound incredible, where someone's wanting to come in and help, and you're saying, no, I don't think so. We don't want it. Some of us are thinking, why wouldn't you take that? I remember years ago being at a pastor's conference, and a guy was sharing, and uh, he was part of of one of the larger churches in uh, uh, the Southern California area, one of the Calvaries, and... and, uh, before he got into ministry, he worked with his dad. His dad owned a bakery. And his dad was an unbeliever. And I remember this guy saying his dad would, you know, the phone would ring early in the morning and he'd answer the phone and he'd hang it up and he'd go, yep, God needs my help again. Because the church is calling asking him to donate donuts so they can sell for a fundraiser. And this guy used to, every time, and he would just cringe inside because here's his dad, an unbeliever, saying, yep, the Lord needs my help. Be careful. And so these guys, listen, you got to love these guys, right? No, you guys, you guys stay on your side of the fence, and we'll stay on our side of the fence. And hey, you know what? We can learn a lot from these guys, and we need to be people who really understand. Listen to what, listen to what, what it was written in Kings about this group. They worshiped the Lord, but they also appointed all sorts of their own people to officiate for them as priests in the, uh, as priests in the shrines at the high places, and they worshiped the Lord, but they also served their their own gods in accordance with the customs of the nations from which they had been brought and then down in verse 41 of that same chapter it says even while these people were worshiping the Lord they were serving idols and to this day their children and grandchildren can continue to do as their fathers did so Zerubbabel at least has some idea right and you got to remember Zerubbabel was in, in in Babylon Hey, he wasn't like, it wasn't like he was in Bible college. It wasn't like he was in a great place. He was in captivity, but he stayed true to the word, him and, and, and Jeshua. And so, man, they're going, and the rest of the people, all of them, no, we don't need you. We don't need you to help us build the house of our God. But we alone, in the middle of verse 3, we alone... Uh, uh, will build the house of the Lord of the Lord God of Israel as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. So man, listen, now, now we're in that area. We're still King Cyrus. And they go, listen, he's the one who told us to build. And you know what? Sometimes Christians, we do need to be separated. Now, listen, I think there's times where we gotta have good heathen friends. You gotta go out and make some good heathen friends. And some of you are going, I don't like heathens. Well, you need to learn to. You're living with them. And we need to, hey, how are we going to win people if you don't interact with them? But then on the other hand, there are times where we need to stay separate. Hey, they can't, listen, we can't have them being part of what we're doing. 
unless they've really given their heart to the Lord, not just syncretized, not just saying, yeah, I want to, but their hearts are there. Listen to what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians. A lot of us know this, but do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what do fellowship, uh, what fellowship can light have with darkness or what harmony is there between Christ and, and uh, Belial and, and what does the believer have in common with the unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord, to touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. Listen, man, that's, that's Paul writing to the church. And I understand, man, there are times we have to do that, but then there's times we've got to reach out to people. And we need to build those bridges, but we've got to be careful. And I, I love the idea, man, here they're being careful. They're watching out and they're saying, this is not the time to join together. We join together for some, but this is not one of those times, and we're not going to do that. And they push them away. Now, here's what's interesting. They're being all chummy, right? Have you ever noticed how people get all chummy? Hey, let's do this. And then you say, you know what? No, I don't think we should do that. And then all of a sudden, man, they don't like you anymore. They start calling you names, right? And they start getting mad at you when you, when you draw a line in, 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 uh, in, in the sand. So look at verse 4. Then the people of the land tried to discourage the people of Judah, and they troubled them in building. So here's what happens. Hey, we want to help you. No, we don't want your help. Well, now we're going to see that you're not going to get your building done. Because now you made us mad. Oh, really? Yeah, we're really mad at you. And we're going to come against you. And it says they tried to discourage them. Now, here's something I found out. It's sort of easy to discourage people who are just running on emotion because all of a sudden their emotions change. That's why I'm a firm believer. We need to be, you know, we push reading through the Bible in a year. We push people to get in the word. We want people in the word. Hey, if you're just running by emotions, then when someone comes along and kind of smacks you around a little bit, Man, your emotions go down and you're like walking away and you're not going to help with the temple. They're telling Zerubbabel, you build your own stinking temple, man. Those guys are going to help us and now they're all in our face and I'm going back to Babylon because it was so good in Babylon and I don't even like you anymore. And so, man, the discouragement comes. Oh, and then they get, look at what they do, verse 5. Then they hired lawyers. I'm thinking, seriously? It's like, like, no, you can't help us. We're going to sue you. That kind of sounds like 2019, doesn't it? It's like, what do you mean we can't help you? We can help you if we want. We got rights. No, you don't have rights. You can't help us. Well, now we're going to sue you. We're going to take you to court. We're going to take everything you have, right? Counsel. Well, it says counselors, but it was lawyers. They, they hired counselors against them to frustrate their purposes all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So we're talking 10 years of just being hassled. You're trying to build this, and man, just, you hit wall and wall, and you know, sometimes it's like dealing with the city trying to get permits. I, I kind of look at it that way, you know, it's like, they, man, they have all of these things and, and stuff you have to go through. So, hey, it was no more fun back then than it is now when you're trying to get a project done. What were the people doing? They're just trying to build the temple. They'd come back, 
They built some of their houses. They were doing things. We're gonna, we're gonna read uh, next week. We're gonna get into Haggai and look at some of this. But hey, man, they're coming back. They're doing some stuff. And they got together and here's what they said. I know, we gotta get the temple done. Let's build the temple. And they start doing this. And then all of a sudden, man, they find out, no, we didn't mind you building houses. We didn't even mind you kind of building the wall around the city. But you're building a temple? Oh, no, 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 no. Isn't it interesting in America today you can have free speech about everything except Jesus Christ? You want to talk about Jesus and you're like, you, the people look at you like you're speaking a foreign language, number one. Number two, they get hostile and they get angry. And you say, hey, I just want to tell you about Jesus. I'm going to get a lawyer and I'm going to sue you. No, I just want to talk about all, all I want to do. You know, on college campuses, you can talk about anything except Jesus Christ. Hmm. So, hey, it was happening way back then. So now, listen, now they're really working at it, and they've worked at it for a while, and then we're going we're gonna to jump about 20 years, so right? So they've been discouraged for 10, maybe 12 years. Now we're going to jump 20 years. This is a long time to have a building project. Hey, we, I've been involved in a couple that we've had here, and I think our longest one was 18 months. Man, that seemed like eternity. I remember at the end of it telling the staff, all I ever wanted to do is teach the Bible. I didn't want to like go through this stuff. I, I didn't sign on for this kind of stuff and these kind of hassles. And people, I, all I want to do is teach the Bible. Just set me up a pulpit out in the street and we'll do it that way, right? And so listen, man, now, now I can't imagine going through it for years, decades and now we're all the way down. Look at verse 6. It says, in the reign of Ahasuerus, that's King Xerxes. You know, same name. And we're going to read about him and Esther here in a little bit. But listen, in the beginning of his reign. So they went from Cyrus through Darius down to Xerxes. You talk, you're talking about you're going through three different administrations and lengthy administrations. And these people, man, hey, these Samaritans, they're not giving up. They're like bulldogs, man. They're going to get you and you are not going to build this, you know, you won't let us help you if we can't help you you can't have it and it's like seriously dudes like what do you care i'm not doing anything i'm not taking land from you i'm not asking anything of you we didn't even ask you for help we didn't even ask you for financial help we're going to just build this okay just leave us nope nope we don't like that that's crazy right so then now, now you got a whole new king in. So during his reign, in the beginning of his reign, in verse 6, they wrote an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. Then in the days of Artaxerxes also. So now listen, now, now we went from Xerxes to Artaxerxes. So you went another. We're talking like 40 years they've been fighting this battle. All they want to do is build the temple. That's a long time, isn't it? And, you know, I'm looking at the age group in here. Most of us, I can't say, haven't been alive that long. But listen, that's a long time just to battle to build something. How many of us would give up in that length? How many of us would give up maybe after 10 years? It's a good question, isn't it? It's determination. Hey, I found, man, if you want to serve the Lord, you're going to get the battle against you. But here's the other thing. You gotta be willing to go the long haul. You gotta be willing to go all the way through and you can't give up. You can't go part way and go, you know what? This isn't fun anymore. I quit. 
but yet I watch so many. When, when I read, you know, different, different books, different articles about pastors burning out, I read about some pastors are burnt out after five years. I'm thinking, seriously? Like five, five years you haven't even started yet. Five years you haven't, even, you haven't even begun to do what you're supposed to do, and you're burned out? Maybe you got in the wrong profession. Maybe you chose, maybe God didn't call you, or, well, I won't say the or. But listen, these guys forever, man. We're like 40, 45 years, some estimates, and they're still battling. Now they're gonna write a letter. So listen, in the days of Artaxerxes also, and here's some weird names, right? Bishlam, Mithredith, uh, Tabel and the rest of their companions wrote Artaxerxes, king of Persia, the letter, and the letter was written in the Aramaic script and translating, translated into the Aramaic language. Now I got a question, if they wrote it in the script, why'd they have to translate? But anyway, doesn't matter, right? Rehum, the commander in Shimshai, the scribe, wrote the letter against Judah, uh, against, I'm sorry, against Jerusalem to King Artaxerxes in this fashion. From Rehum the commander, Shimshai the scribe, and the rest of their companions, and all of the uptights and outasites, and down to verse 10. I'm not gonna say all these names. These guys are real uptight people, right? And hey, let's go down to verse 10. And it says, and the rest of the nations whom the great and noble Onsnapper took captive and settled in the cities of Samaria and the remainder beyond the river and so forth. So listen, all of those people who came together, right? And they're the Samaritans. They syncretized everything and they brought it together and they brought a little bit of this and a little bit of that and they got it all going on. And you know, I was reading uh, an article uh, today and uh, you know, here's something. Why do you think God wrote down the word? So we won't get it messed up. And when you begin oral traditions, you can't get messed up. Do you remember in school playing telephone? Was that what we called it? Right, where they started in the, the room and the teacher told someone on that side of the room a story and then it went up and down and up and down every chair. And when it got to that person back there, it was an entirely different story. And that's just, that's just in, in you know, 25 minutes. Imagine 40 years. And actually this has been a couple centuries so as they said, hey, we're worshiping God because this is all we know. And so they are worshiping God. And, you know, remember when we talked about, about Jesus and him going after, you know, the Pharisees and what was happening. Hey, that's all the Jews knew. And we need to be careful when we start witnessing to people and we get all uptight when they're, when they're all messed up in their, you know, their storylines of Jesus or whatever. Be careful, man, because sometimes we witness to people and we rip out everything they believe. It's like we, it's like we take a carpet and go, and then say, do you want Jesus? No, man, I'm feeling all naked right now, and I'm feeling a little bit freaked out, and you're not being very kind to me. Be careful when you start dismantling people's belief systems. So these guys are coming, and it's all of those people together, and they came, and they wrote this letter to Xerxes, and verse 11 says, this is a copy of the letter they sent to him. So they're pretty angry. And it says, to King Artaxerxes from your servants, the men of the region beyond the river, and so forth. I kind of like, like it when the Bible like gives us a break, right? And we don't have to read all the uptight guys' names again, right? So, hey, this is all of us, and we're writing you because you need to know what's happening. Now, once again, he was far away, 
So he doesn't see firsthand what's going on. And they've taken it upon themselves to write him about these evil, evil Jews who are trying to build a temple. They're evil people. So look at how they portray them. Verse 13, let it be known to the king that the Jews who came up from you have come to Jerusalem and are building the rebellious and evil city and they are finishing its walls and repairing its foundations. So first of all, they're evil. Secondly, they're rebellious. Now, the Jews do have a little bit of a reputation for being rebellious, right? Especially when people come and take their land away from them. You know, they, they were only, listen, they were only rebellious when they made a deal, when, when uh, uh, Jehoiachin made a deal with the king of Babylon and then backed out of that deal. Yeah, that was being rebellious, but they're not rebellious against their own kings for the most part. But hey, they're listed as rebellious. Now you're a king, you're sitting back in, you know, wherever you are, back in, in uh, uh, you know, Iran and places, and you're sitting there and you get this letter and you're reading about these rebellious people. You're going, oh man, I gotta squash rebellion. Rebellion's not good in my kingdom, right? If you're the king, you don't like rebellion. You want everything to be cool. You want everybody to be good. So, hey, not only are they rebellious, look, it gets worse. Verse, uh, 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 verse 13, I said 13 last time, huh? So it's 12 we we're supposed to read. That's why some of you give me ugly looks. So did you read 12? Okay, so 12. Okay, let's read 12 and 13. Let it be known to the king that the Jews who came up from you have come to Jerusalem and are building the rebellious and evil city and they are finishing its walls and repairing the foundation. Let it now be known, verse 13, to the king uh, that if this city is built and the walls completed, they will not pay tax, tribute, or custom to the king's treasury and the king's treasury will be diminished. Oh, now they're, they're not gonna pay. Who says they're not? going to pay taxes by the way Israel accounted for the equivalent of about 35 million dollars in taxes to that to that uh, 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 administration a year that's quite a bit right you don't want to lose that definitely you don't want to lose that so now again your king Artaxerxes you're sitting on your throne and you're reading this letter. you go huh they're rebellious wow I don't like rebellion 35 million dollars only California would give up $35 million in taxes. So, you know, I don't want to do that. And so I'm not going to let them do that. So listen, man, that's a whole bunch. And then verse 14, now because we received support from the palace, it was not proper for us to see the king's dishonor. Therefore, we have sent, uh, sent and informed the king. So not only are they rebellious, not only are you going to lose revenue, they also disrespect you, O king. And we talked about flattery a few weeks ago, right, in, in Matthew. So, man, I'm thinking, uh-oh. Now, I'm hoping Artaxerxes is going to see through some of this. Verse 15, that, uh, he says, listen, we have sent this to inform the king that search may be made in the book of the records of your fathers, and you will find in the book of the records 
and know that this city is a rebellious city, harmful to, the, harmful to kings and provinces, and that they have, uh, they have incited sedition within the city in former times for which, the, for which cause the city was destroyed. So, you know, there is some accuracy in that they did rebel against Babylon, and Babylon did come in and destroy them. But that's now, listen, that was 70 years ago, and now we're talking 45 years ago, so what's that, 120-some years or 115 or whatever that's a long time I think I think listen that was a long time ago that that took place but he goes search your records and you'll find out right in verse 16 we inform the king that if this city is rebuilt and its walls are completed and the uh, completed the result will be you will have no dominion beyond the river so here's the thing number one You know, they're rebellious. Number two, you're going to lose revenue. Number three, you're going to lose respect. And number four, you're going to lose power. Now, if you're the king, that's quite quite an accusation, right? And you're going to, hey, you're going to think, who are those people? And what are they doing? And who let them loose in the first place? I know, it was, it was Cyrus. What was, what was Cyrus smoking that day when he let them all leave and then I start building this stuff and now I'm having to deal with it and you're Artaxerxes and you're a little bit freaked out about it, right? So the king sent an answer to Rehum, the, the commander, and Shimshai, the scribe, and to the rest of the uptights and outsides who dwell in Samaria and the remainder beyond the river. So all of you guys over there, peace and so forth. Again, I like that, right? Peace and so forth. It's like, let's get down to the nitty-gritty here. The letter which you sent to us has been clearly read before me. So that's good, right? And I, have given, and I, ga- and I gave the command and search to be made and it was found that this city in former times had revolted against kings and rebellion and sedition had been fostered in it. So here's what he said. I got the annals, I read the annals, and you know what, you're right. Now, that's not the whole story, but you know, for what you read, you're right, and, and I kind of get it, so we understand. And there have been mighty kings over Jerusalem. Now, here's the argument. Is he talking about mighty kings as in David Solomon, etc., or is he talking about mighty kings as in Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar and those guys coming? Who knows? But here's what he's saying. Hey, yeah, they had some great kings. They had some strong kings over Jerusalem, and they've ruled over all the region beyond the river, and the tax and tribute and customs were paid to them. So I'm thinking he's more talking about their own dynasties and all that's going on. He says, hey, everything kind of functioned okay there. Now, verse 21 Now give the command to make these men cease. Tell them to stop building. If you were with us when we were building this building and we were working on it and it was was December, a big old windstorm came, that wall back there, they just put it all the way up. Some of you are nodding your heads, you remember. They put that wall all the way up, a big windstorm came and blew that wall over. Not a good thing for building inspectors. And I remember the building inspector came like King Artaxerxes here. And he came and he sat on, 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 on uh, Pastor Jack's desk. He laid down this red cease and desist from building. It's like, wow, you're kind of angry, aren't you? And, you know, every time I read this, I think of that guy and him kind of like being, you know, all, all up in arms. And, you know, and I did have to ask him, 
I go, you're pretty angry. And he goes, yeah, I'm angry. And I go, why are you so angry? Like, chill out, it's Christmas time. You know, <laughs> you have a little grace here. What's happening? Oh, you guys think you can push this around? Anyway, it was a long, it was a long thing, and we got it straightened out. But, you know, it was one of those times where you, you get that command from the king, stop now. So this is what King, you know, Artaxerxes sent the red tag, stop building, cease, and that this city may not be built until the command is given. Don't leave that part out. Now, I think, listen, I think the Samaritans left that part out when they're like, woohoo, yes. Hey, here's what he's saying. We need to stop and we need to get all of the information and that's kind of what happened here and it ended up okay, sort of. But it's stop until I figure things out. I mean, listen, King Artaxerxes is like freaked out right now. If you're, if you're a king and you hear all that news, it's got to hit you on the inside, man. It's not, I don't think it's just revenue. It's respect and it's, you know, it's, it's everything you've done and, and uh, the whole rebellious and you're going to cause a big upheaval and stuff. So he goes, okay, have them stop and have them not build anymore. Then verse 22, take heed that you do not fail to do this. Why should the damn why should damage increase to the hurt of the kings so let's just stop and I'll take a breath that's an okay thing to do once in a while isn't it you know I tell people when they get in a place and they're all like freaking out about something in life here's what I tell them just stop just stop tell the world to stop you've ever told the world to stop I tell the world to stop sometimes just stop Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Sit down and just like let things kind of get all collected and then go forward. Hey, when you're freaked out and you're uptight and you start making some decisions, you're gonna make bad decisions. And here you gotta respect Artaxerxes. Here's what he's saying. Let's just stop everything. Let's stop the world since I'm king. Stop the world. Everybody take a big breath here. And when we figure it out, then we're going to go forward. And I kind of like that. And listen, man, so, so, you know, some people get real mad here and say, what a horrible king. I don't think he was that bad. So then, verse 23, now, uh, when the copy of King Artaxerxes' letter was read before Rehum and Shimshai the scribe and their companions, all the uptights and outsides, right? They went up in haste. And you can see all these guys going, yes, we got it, right? And they run up to Jerusalem against the Jews and by force of arms, they made them cease. Wow, really? Once again, what were they doing that was so bad? Have you ever noticed even in our generation, Israel does something and everybody's mad at them for doing it. And it's like, seriously? Like, they'll build a community and they're going, they can't build that. Why not? Because we don't want it there. We don't like it right there. Now, I do have to say, Israel's gotten really good at building an entire community overnight. They are very good at that, especially when, when things were real hectic. You, they could come in and listen, overnight, they could have the pavement down. They could have grass in front of the houses. They could have houses and sidewalks and bus stops for the kids to get on the bus to go to school. They were very good at that. Now, they were good at that because they got pushed into a corner to have to do that. But, hey, man, who, who is the world to tell somebody else what to do? 
Stop it. So listen, man, these guys run up with arms, man, and they're with arms. Now, for homework, you gotta read Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter one is kind of a corollary of this, and I don't wanna try and put the two together, or we're really gonna get mixed up, but I'm gonna put the, I'm gonna put the prophets in here, and then we'll do Nehemiah. But Nehemiah chapter one is kind of dealing at this same time period when everything's coming unraveled. Listen, man, everything was going good up to this point, right? Last chapter, we were all happy singing in the streets, man. We were laying foundations and we were like woo it's all good now we're going oh no we made somebody mad and somebody's angry and they came in and threw a thing down on Pastor Jack's desk and said you got to stop building you know what you can't build this wall and you can't do this anymore so it says verse 24 thus the work of the house of God which is at Jerusalem ceased and it was discontinued until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Somebody's horn's going off. Everybody check their remote. None of you are moving. It's like, <laughs> so, okay, all right. So it's okay, it's not mine. Mine's this way. So <laughs> have you ever sat there and it was your car? Okay, Nell and I were in a restaurant one time and this word's going, bong, bong, bong. And I go, I just wish they would stop that. And she goes, I think it's your car. So anyway, sorry. So back to, back to the study. Come on back. So listen, man, it says, thus the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem, ceased, and it was discontinued in the second, until the second year of the reign. So Hey, up to verse 23, we went way in the future. Now we're back to Darius. So you got to kind of understand of things that were going on. So listen, they stopped for a time period and it slowed them down. But it didn't stop them. And here's my question to you. Do you give up? You see, if it gets difficult, are you ready to throw in the towel? Are you ready to quit? Are you ready to move on to something else? Or are you going to trust the Lord and get through that difficult time? And are you gonna believe, hey, God is who he said he is, and God is faithful, God is just, God is perfect, and if he said to me, Pat, here's what we're gonna do, then you know what, we're gonna get it done. Oh, we may hit obstacles along the way, we may get big windstorms that blow walls down, and we may see things happening, but you know what, he is faithful. And if he said it, he's going to complete it. And we need to stand on that. And I, hey, I see, some, I see some Christians that never even take this step out. We're just kind of satisfied like getting to heaven. And, you know, that's to me sort of a bummer. If you were just saved just to get to heaven, then God would save you and kill you immediately and just take you to heaven. Or rapture you maybe and just you're gone. He left you here to be light for him and to build a few temples and to hit some hard spots and you know what, and to make a few people angry. That's what we're here for. And we need to understand, now don't make a whole bunch of people angry. But you get my point, man, go forward and go with him and step out and see what he does and you will be amazed at what's at the other side. I pinch myself. You know, I used to hear Pastor Chuck say that. Pastor Chuck used to get up and we'd have a conference and he'd go, oh, I pinch myself. And I'm going, come on. 
And then now I'm, it's kind of like your dad, right? Your dad says things to you and then pretty soon it comes out of your mouth and you're going, how did you get in there? You know, how did my dad get inside of me and come out? And I used to hear Pastor Chuck say that and I'd think, seriously, I pinch myself. Look at what we get to do, man. We get to serve the Lord. Look at the f- things that happen to us. And hey, not all of them are real fun. I just shared with you, I was ready to quit, man. At the, towards the end of this project, I was ready to duck and run and get out of town and say, no. And then somebody said, when are you going to build again? I said, never, ever, ever. That's a young man's game. Never say never. (laughs) Uh, I am not building again. So as we get into this, are you listening, Lord? I am not building again. Just thought I'd get that out there and clarify. (laughs) Hey, are you in it for the long haul? Are you going to go all the way? Because it gets scary and it gets hard, but it's sure fun when you get through that stuff. And that's what I think of these people. We'll, we'll read about some more in, in chapter five. But for next week, start, start in Haggai. We're going to go to Haggai and, and Zechariah. We're going to get into those two because they're prophesying right about this time. They fit in here between chapters four and five and, and they're going to do that. And then we're going to come back here and then we're going to go read. Uh, then we're going to go get into Esther a little bit. And then we're going to come back and then finally we're going to get into Nehemiah. And we may finish this before uh, the end of the year, Maybe. It's okay, we got time. Let's stand up and pray. Father, we thank you once again for the opportunity that we have and, and Lord, for this ability. As we, as we read this, Lord, we can see in our own lives God, things that have happened to us and, and, and God, I'm sharing things and I'm sure if I, if I ask people to come up, everybody's got something to share as we walk with you. And Lord, there's some just phenomenal, outrageous things that you've done in our lives. And I believe almost every one of us would say, but to get to those things, there was some hurdles. There was obstacles. There was opposition. There were those who told us, what are you thinking? Why would you do that? in our own personal lives, I think of my personal life and how many times people have come to me and said, what are you, why would you do that? Why would you even think of doing that? Are you crazy? And you just get that opposition coming against you and, and Lord, I know that every time when that opposition comes, if, we'll bow, if I bow my heart, if, if we bow our hearts to you, that you reveal to us your will, and then you give us your strength. And God, we walk through those things. You don't remove those things. You just take us through those things. So Lord, I pray for myself. I pray for brothers and sisters standing with me that Lord, we would be men and women who we wanna have vision. We wanna go forward. We don't, we don't wanna just stay status quo we won't be content with just, just having a, 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 just a, a quote, a mild-mannered relationship with you. But God, we want to shake some things up. And we want to have you do some outrageous things in our lives. 
So God, I pray that we would have the faith to take one step at a time and we would trust you in those steps. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.